Love Talk Radio. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Would you like to learn something new and exciting? Have you always had an interest in a subject but didn't want to spend a fortune going back to school? The Chicago Learning Center is the place for you. Learn about real estate, the stock market. Learn to be a voiceover artist. If you like to dance, there are classes on salsa and merengue. Interested in preparing a meal for your family? If so, CLC has cooking and baking classes. Want to know the ins and outs of being a handyman? Yep. Uh-huh. CLC has that, too, and much more. The Chicago Learning Center. Take a class. Relax. Treat yourself. No grades. No tests. Just fun. The Chicago Learning Center. 773-891-1999. That's the Chicago Learning Center. Call today. 773-891-1999. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All black, all news, all you. They're talented and they're smart. That's why Totally Positive Productions provides a special place where our youth can grow into the best that they can be. Parents, are you looking for a safe place where your child can meet new friends and learn new skills after school? Visit www.totallypositiveproductions.com to find out about their after-school and weekend programs. Follow Totally Positive on Facebook to stay up-to-date on free cultural enrichment, field trips, and talent shows. Volunteer, support, and donate at TotallyPositiveProductions.com. Let's not waste any more time. A child is waiting. Visit TotallyPositiveProductions.com today. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. This broadcast is designed to service the African-American communities in Chicago and around the world. This segment is called CBBN Business Journals. CBBN Business Journals will feature interviews with business owners, authors, and other innovators from around the world. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, now available on Amazon, and you can get your autographed copy of The Tough Questions at AskingOurselvesTheToughQuestions.com. I'm also producer for this series. Visit us at Chicago, that's Chicago with an S, Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, and be a part of all that we do. If you are interested in hosting a show or being a guest or sponsor, please call us at 773-609-2226. That's 773-609-2226. We have a new show coming up, CBBN Tech Talk, CBBN Tech Talk, which premieres Tuesdays, and the first one will be March 1st. That's one of our new shows. Just want to keep you up with the times. So it's going to be an interesting show, and it's going to be in our regular time slot, 11 a.m. So we share so that we can all grow from these experiences. Now, our guest today is Michael Brown, author of Finding the Field. Just want to share a few words with you on how Michael and I connected. You know that we are a social media management and training company, and I'm always selling something and always promoting something or having an event or something's going on, and we send our e-blasts to our base. Now, for 2016, it was the end of December, and I wanted to send out something that was a little bit different. Um I wanted to sell somebody but I didn't want to look like I was selling something. So I was searching for a, a nice motivating thing for the new year. So I decided that the thing would be 
be the creator of your life. And I wanted uh, some more takes on that. I wanted to give it a, a little bit more thought. So I Googled the phrase, be the creator of your life. And there was Michael Brown right at the top of the list, the very first uh, Google ad right there. It wasn't really an ad. It was the first Google posting right there. And I went with it. I mean, it was finding the field. There was the book that was Michael Brown, sent him an invite, and here we are in February uh, living what we created. Let's welcome Michael Brown to the show, author of Finding the Field. How are you, Michael? I'm good, thanks, Sonia. Good to talk to you, and thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, the half an hour goes fast, and you have a lot to share with us. But what, let's do this first, Michael. Let's talk a, a little bit about Michael, share a little bit about, about Michael, and because we're in Chicago and global as well, share with us a little bit about where you live, about New Zealand. Okay, uh, New Zealand. Well, you know, for those who are not too sure, we're a little bit to the right of Australia and down a bit. Um, New Zealand, you might have heard that we're a very small country. Uh, we have the best rugby team in the world, incidentally. And though I hear it's taking off in America <laughs> right now. Uh, we, we have seven times more sheep than we have people. What else can I tell you? We, we've got spectacular scenery. We've got wonderful mountains, lakes. In fact, finding the field is set there in those mountains. Wonderful, wonderful. Now tell us about Michael before uh, the author, Michael. How did this come about? Well, I had, um, you wouldn't call it a, a particularly pleasant upbringing. I, was, uh, I, I came out sideways from about six generations of extremely dysfunctional families. And uh, it would be hard to call them families in many ways. So I had a thirst to find out why the universe was causing me that much pain. And uh, so I, I devoted uh, probably most of the intensity of my life up until the last five or ten years trying to find out what makes the universe tick. And uh, that took me through physics. Um, it took me uh, into... Uh, across on the other side of the brain, on the uh, the, the right-hand side of the brain. And I did finally find an answer that brought me peace, happiness, uh, calmness. It, it, it was the solution to my life. So I wrote it into Finding the Field, and to my huge delight, it's it's attracting attention. Wonderful. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Today's segment is CBBN Business Journals. Now, Michael, most people ask themselves that question. They don't make us. They don't go and study it. But I get up and say, "Well, what the hell is going on here?" You know. But I have yeah. not taken it to that extent where I'm studying the right side of my brain or the left side either, but, you know, you just go on or uh, take a physics class about it or go into that depth. So what well, would okay, you I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a bit about the physics as well. But, um, but look, let me start with, I'm not sure if you've already said, but um, the book contains what I call the five the universal truths of life. But let me take the most important one. And that, that you create your own reality. Can I talk about that? Yes, you can. Go ahead. 
Okay. Look, the, um, for ordinary everyday life, that's easy enough. We can imagine life as an enormous highway and the, the huge bends in the highway, we can't do anything much about that. It's where we were born and the parents we had and things like that, right? And perhaps major events. But what I want to say is that within that highway, you've got a million lanes and you can choose which of those lanes you occupy. And that, that's the everyday side of this. But um, I want to, uh, my book goes a lot deeper than that, and, and it had to, really, to solve what was happening to me. Here's the way to imagine it. If we picture ourselves, our mind, as being the tip of a small coral island, um, that is, it's the tip of an undersea mountain, just the, only the, uh, the bit with the palm tree appears up the top, then we get closer to what's really going on. Because if you go down below the waves, the island continues, and that's the subconscious. Conscious mind above the water, subconscious below the water, and it's down there that there's an awful lot happening which determines which lane of that motorway we choose. And to complete that picture, bits fall off that island. I don't know, call it leaves, whatever it is. These are our thoughts and our feelings and our attitudes which go down through the water, down into the subconscious and change the total person that we are. And if we can control that, control our thoughts, our feelings, emotions, attitudes, all of those things, then we start to, to choose how our life runs. Okay. Now, Michael, we're going to come back to some of that. Uh, and I'm grasping a little bit of it, and I hope our listeners are as well. Let's talk about the book overall. What yep. is Finding the Field? What is the book? It's those five universal truths built into a novel, and you might wonder why I would do that. The, the point is that the solution for me has, has been to treat the universe as a giant feeling, not a thought, as someone once said, but a feeling. And you can read intellectually about how the universe runs, and it might not make a difference. But if you can identify with the feelings of characters, that does make a difference. And I'm finding that people do identify with the characters in finding the field. And so it's, it's, it's a huge pleasure to find that that's happening. Now, would the approach... Or would your approach be to consider, because I'm just going with the word feeling, that it's a feeling and not a thought? I'm trying to grasp that because a thought is the subconscious, and that would be inside of me. The physical part of me is the feeling. Should I look at the the whole universe as the physical entity and not worry about the subconscious of it and the why of it? Or no, the other I'm way around. Here. Oh, the no, other way. Okay, the, say, it, say it for me. It's, it's, it's the other way around. You know what? I blame science and technology for this. It, it's indoctrinated us over the last 300 years or so to think that real means physical and, and that oh. mind and consciousness is some kind of add-on. It's actually around the other way. We've, we've got to look at people and see... Um, so you've got to look at your neighbor and see not a body with a mind or, or a spirit, it's the other way around. We've got to see that as a spirit with a body. 
And and when um, we do, we we have it changes our interactions with people. That's a difficult task. I, I'm finding it difficult right at this moment uh, to think in that way. Now, how does that tie in that particular thought process right there? If I look at the person over there as the spirit in a body, how does that tie into me being the creator of my re- reality, my own reality, my reality? How does that tie in together? Well, well, um, no, what I just said was you, we've got to see people first as consciousness or spirit that happen to have mm-hmm. a body, which you, which you discard after a while. So um, yeah. tell, me that, tell me your question again. So how does that tie in with creating my reality? Or does it? Well, I look, does. At look that, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I said I, I said I would mention the physics. Let me do that now. The, we have trusted science and particularly physicists to go into the universe and discover how it works. Now, physicists have gone right down into molecules and atoms and subatomic particles, and what they have discovered there actually supports what I've been saying. What they've discovered is so weird that they don't know how to handle it. Uh, here's one. You're fading the, away from me, Michael. Come back to the phone, maybe. I'm not sure what's going on. Ah, right. Is that better? A little is bit, that better? yes. A little okay. bit, yes. What the physicists have discovered is so weird they don't know how to handle it. Here's one. The behavior of subatomic particles depends on what is going on in the mind of the physicist. That's, and here's another. The existence of subatomic particles depends on what's going on in the mind of the physicist. It's, in traditional science terms, it's crazy. In fact, one commentator said it's driving scientists insane, this idea. But now let's go back to, the, to what's in Finding the Field. It is about consciousness first and that we are the creator of what happens. Those physicists are creating what happens to these apparently uh, physical things. So eventually, once they make the tie-in, they're going to change. It's, it's got to change science. And I've heard that before. And, yes, that is driving me crazy, Michael. <laughs> Just that. that <laughs> should, I, should, I, should, should I stop messing with your mind? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about the. Uh, there are five universal truths, aren't there? Uh, tell us about that. Okay, look, I can answer your question better anyway with the first universal truth, right? You're the creator of your your, your reality. Let me tell you a song that actually, uh, sorry, a little story that comes out of the Sioux Indian campfires from hundreds of years ago. Can I tell you a wee story? Yes, you can. Okay, and, and some of your listeners may have heard of this. So picture this. An old man and his grandson are sitting by the fire outside the teepee, wrapped in furs and gazing into the leaping flames. And high up on the, on the ridge a wolf howls and another answers, and soon after the old man removes the pipe from his mouth. And he says, Grandson, there are two wolves inside you. One is good and the other is bad. Oh, what are they doing there, grandfather? asks the wide-eyed boy. They're fighting each other, says the old man. The boy considers this and then asks, 
Why are they good and bad? The good one is your love, your peace, and your truth. The bad one is your fear, your anger, and your lies. And the fire crackles and the sparks flare, you can picture it, I'm sure. And the wolf on the ridge howls again, and the old man puffs his pipe. And finally, the boy says, which one will win, grandfather? Ah, says the old man, removing the pipe once more. The one that wins is the one you feed. Great. And that's what we do, huh? That's right. If we have... Yeah, and we have to choose the beliefs that are running our lives. For example, if you, if you constantly... If you feed that the wolf inside you which knows that, say, eating animals incurs karmic debt, you, you avoid the butcher. That, that directs your life, that belief, right? If you, know, if you know, for example, that teenagers are trouble, then you create parenting problems. If you believe that you lose your faculties as you age, that's, it's the belief that ages you as mu- that uh, damages you as, as much as the age. Do you see where I'm going with that? Yes. Now tell so me, Michael. Like we- yeah. Where where did you get these universal truths? How did they come about for you? I had a couple of uh, fairly spectacular things happen to me. Uh, the one in particular where a lot of things settled into place. I was on the high up in the Andes Mountains uh, on the Altiplano and uh, was very, very close to dying. And in that moment, I suddenly felt uh, connected to everything. I mean, everything. It's a, it's a feeling that's extremely difficult to describe, actually. But it did lead to that third universal truth that everything is connected Everything. And with that feeling, a lot of the other stuff came into place. For example, can I I give you the second universal truth? Absolutely. That that your life is a mirror. You you know, the old story about Snow White and the witch looking in the mirror. You know, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest of them all? We all know that line, I think, yes? And it's, it's a powerful one because we subconsciously recognize the truth of this. All around us, we are looking at ourselves uh, through the filter of our beliefs. If we believe, for example, that, um, that people are out to get us, we will see that around us. We'll create that around us. If we believe that people are beautiful and love each other, that's what we will see around us. And I think that's frightening for people. When you when you go through the second universal truth, people I have difficulty in believing that my life is a is, is a mirror of me because you want to blame the other person. No, it's them that's doing it yeah. to me, not me doing it. Uh, no, that's isn't that frightening for most people? Oh, look, it's it. This is my stuff is not good news for people who've just had a crisis of some sort. It's so tempting, so seductive to blame something outside yourself. Absolutely. Right? You, for example, if you just got mugged, you don't want to hear that somehow you created it. And I've had people say to me, "You're telling me that's my fault." And I'm saying fault has got nothing to do with it. But 
and one and the one event has got nothing to do with it what's really going on is how you choose to react to what life does to you how you choose to react look you take you take a thousand people into the same event and you'll get a thousand different paths out the other side because we all choose how we react to it in different ways. And, and the point of my stuff is that you have got the choice. You can choose how you react. We can be the creators. Now, Michael, in the uh, final few minutes, uh, go through um, the principles number four and number five because we want you to let everybody know where they can find your book. Okay. Number four. Now, this, this is the one that is, is the least popular of the five. People don't know quite how to handle it. I'm saying essentially that, that the present moment is the only moment that matters. Uh, and, and, and the follow-on from that, that you are in your perfect spiritual home right now. Uh, most people don't know what to make of that. Look, I, I, I'll tell you something that happened to me, something my wife said to me. It was one of those things that was perfectly timed for my stage in life. I, I, I'm sure I've indicated I had a very intense early life. And one, uh, there was one day when I was beating the walls. Literally, that's what I did. I sometimes beat the walls with my hands. I was so intense. And my wife said this. She said, look, you're constantly worried about what you did yesterday and, and what's going to happen tomorrow there must be a way that you can be happy now. And that was like straight between the eyes. I thought, all these years, I've never been, I'd never worked that one out. And so that added a great deal to what eventually fell into place as the fourth universal truth. Now is the only moment that matters. Now is what you take hold of and take charge of. And, you know, for, for your listeners who probably have heard that phrase, the present moment, I would urge them to go and find out what it really means, living in the present, living in now, because there's a heck of a lot of peace and calmness and, and, and happiness to be found in discovering it. And it's probably also a very, very difficult thing to do. I've tried it. <laughs> it lasts about uh, a moment. <laughs> if I can do it that long, it, it probably takes a lot, a lot of practice. Uh, principle number five, Michael. Sure. Um, what I'm saying with number five is that you will live forever. Now, it's, it's a tricky title in the, to understand that. You have to redefine you. If we go back to, do you remember the island? When I said, think of yourself as the conscious mind is the, is the, is the island itself. The rest, the powerful subconscious, is that vast mountain below the waves that the island's sitting on. Now, if you say that that is you, the whole thing, the whole mountain, including the island, then the fifth universal truth is absolutely obvious. You live forever. Um, you, you just... You just discard your body and move on. It's as simple as that. It's just as simple as that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's I was waiting Easy. for a whole bunch of other stuff there, Michael. Uh, simple I, as I, that. I know. Okay? 
I know it's easy for me now because I've really settled into this and, and not so easy for someone else to hear it. It, it is. And I guess just like anything else, um, now is this all tied to mental health, spiritual health, religion, or how do Religion, we... yeah. Look at this. Look, religion, I, I'm not religious at all, but... Um, have I got time to tell you another little story? Yes, you do. It's a small one. Okay. This is about religion and, and what religion does to us. Now, I'm not against religion in the sense that it does build community very often, and that's excellent. But look, here's the drawback. Here's the little story. Three blind men. You can imagine three blind men. They find themselves in the presence of, quote, the great elephant. Now, each... Of the blind men, trembling with fear and awe, stumble forward and reach out their hands to discover the nature of this great elephant. Right? One takes hold of the tail, one takes hold of a leg, and the other takes hold of a tusk. And each is overcome with joy because they've just discovered the nature of the great elephant. The blind man holding the tail announces, the great elephant is a broom that cleanses and sweeps all before it. Now, the blind man holding the leg is surprised, and he protests. No, the great elephant is a magnificent pillar towering above us, guarding us and keeping us safe. And the blind man holding the tusk is astonished and shouts, No, you're both wrong. The great elephant is a plough that furrows the earth that we may grow crops and have plenty. And they fell to fighting, and there was no peace in the land. Ah. Religion. I got you. I got you. Well, Michael, it has been a great experience, and we want to do it again because we still have other things to talk about. Now, I'd love tell to, us yeah. where. Oh, I'd love to. Tell us where we can find the book. Oh, yes. Um, you need the website uh, www.findingthefield.com. Great, and you also have a blog, don't you? I ran across a blog for you as well. Fine, you're fine. You're, anyone who wants to, to read that blog would find it there. Uh, oh, wait a minute. No, a different one. Um, Michael, dot com. That's what, that's what I found. That's what I found. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's are you a pretty active of things. on that blog? On that blog? Okay, uh, I'm looking at it no, now. I'm, Actually, look, I don't push it much. I, I don't feel that this kind of thinking is for everybody. I certainly don't think you need to know it to be saved. The process works anyway. The only thing I offer with this is the ability to take control of where your life is going and how you feel about life. But this, this business of being saved only if you adopt a particular philosophy or particular religion is, is, is rubbish. Now, Michael, um, it's great having you. And, yes, I do like the way the universe pulls people together and connect. It happens It happens all the time, whether we acknowledge it happening or not. Now, um, there was one thing I was looking at, and I looked on findingthefield.com and saw that the first uh, comment there from a reader was from Illinois. I said, wow, 
You know, we are all connecting here in some kind of way. Uh, and I'd just like to read right. it if I may. What they're saying about finding the field. My wife was leaving for groceries. Um, right as I read the heart-wrenching ending, she asked if I needed anything from the store, and I was practically trying to answer her without bursting into tears. Just absolutely fantastic. I loved it. That's Michael Poole from Illinois, U.S. In the United States. So it is getting around. We have uh, recommendations top ups from England, Pennsylvania. Um, where is this? Canada, of course, New Zealand. Just just all over the place. Switzerland, Canterbury. So the book is getting around and it's uh, global. So in the Last 30 seconds, Michael, what would you like to leave our audience with? That you can take hold of your life, no matter how much pain is involved, and find some peace and calm. And how to do that? Take control of your thoughts. Some damage you, some will, will help you on that path. I thank you so much for being with us, Michael Brown, author of Finding the Field. We'll have another go-round, and we'll go into depth on uh, one or two of those principles, if we could, please. Thank you for joining us today, Michael. Sure you could. Good to appreciate it. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. We want to have you back again. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, producer for Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Be sure to give us a call if you'd like to sponsor a show, 773-609-2226. Go out and be the creator. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Would you like to learn something new and exciting? Have you always had an interest in a subject but didn't want to spend a fortune going back to school? The Chicago Learning Center is the place for you. Learn about real estate, the stock market. Learn to be a voiceover artist. If you like to dance, there are classes on salsa and merengue. Interested in preparing a meal for your family? If so, CLC has cooking and baking classes. Want to know the ins and outs of being a handyman? Yep. Uh Uh-huh. CLC has that, too, and much more. The Chicago Learning Center. Take a class. Relax. Treat yourself. No grades. No tests. Just fun. The Chicago Learning Center. 773-891-1999. That's the Chicago Learning Center. Call today. 773-891-1999. Back from the Grammys, the NAACP Image Awards, the Oscars, and Fashion Week. Lady Ease is here to shape your curves and comfort. The My New Shapewear Collection is designed especially for women of color. Embrace your curves and look shapely and smooth in everything that you wear, from capris to work attire to that red carpet gown. Visit MyNews.com to choose your style and your color. You'll find My New Shapewear in Honolulu, Los Angeles, New York, and online at MyNews.com. Brown Beauties, your best shape is yet to come at MyNews.com. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you.